today on 2C Vans. What do they do with the eggs? Uh, they take them back to the lab, uh, which is about three hours south of where the, the nests are found, mm -hmm. um, and they incubate them. Uh, what's really cool is I, I thought that's what the project was, um, which is what the base of it is, yeah. um, but they actually have a lot of undergraduate and graduate students that are doing a ton of experiments Oh, really? Um, on the eggs, on the, the juveniles. Um, it's really incredible. So I actually was um, helping out with a lot of student projects that were going on. Hello and welcome to Two Sea Fans at Moat Marine Laboratory, your podcast for marine science, conservation, and education here at Moat in Sarasota, Florida. I'm Haley Rutger. And I'm Joe Nicholson. We have a wonderful guest from our aquarium today, from Moat Aquarium, who has worked with um, a number of animals, um, including our reptiles, our alligators, and their relatives. And she's going to tell us about an amazing adventure she had recently. Uh, can you tell us your name and your title at Moat? Yes, my name is Veronica Garcia, and I'm an aquarium biologist, too. Um, yeah. So what does the two mean? <laughs> uh, we have different levels. So uh, you basically start as a one. And as you progress through your career, you can you take on more responsibility and, and learn a little bit more. So yeah. And what's after two? Three? Three. Yep. Ooh, how yeah. high does it go? Uh, that's it. No. <laughs> three. Uh, then you go to a senior. Ah, okay. Ooh, which, senior. Yep. You know, Brian, my supervisor. Yeah. Yep. Then you're very old. You get your cane <laughs> or your walker. Yep. Yep. So, yep. Yeah. Yeah. No, Brian's a young fit dude. Oh, he, he, he doesn't uh, have a can and a walker. Brian doesn't, not, yet. No, not, not yet. Not yet. <laughs> Someday. <laughs> so, it, it keeps bugging me he's going to need one. <laughs> uh, <laughs> we like Brian. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We be like nice, Brian. Be nice. Be yes. nice. So tell us how you ended up at Mode. How did you end up uh, working with the animals you work with Where are here? you from? I'm from Utah. Nice. Yep. We Salt don't Lake have City. any Utah people on here yet. Yep, yep. So I actually worked at the aquarium in Utah. And I was exploring and trying to find a new job, new opportunity. Um, I knew that I wanted to live near the ocean mm -hmm. um, as Utah is landlocked. So um, I started applying and actually got a temporary position here at Moat. And right when that temporary position closed, the teeth beneath opened up and they had a job opening. So I never pictured myself working with reptiles, uh, alligators specifically, and now I'm all in it and I love them so much. Yeah, the teeth, we should remind people, the Teeth Beneath is our exhibit that features alligators and caimans and talks about this group of uh, reptiles and their relatives, talks about things like crocodiles and they're yeah. all part of the group crocodilians. Mm -hmm. yeah. Do we still have a crocodile over there? We do not, not yet. Okay. No, we, we have a gator and we have some uh, some common caimans, right? We have two gators. Two now. gators, yeah. I learned that today. Good job. Yeah, I learned something, <laughs> I can go home. So it's, and you do even more than that. Can you give us like a whole scope of like what kind of animals you worked with at Moat? Yeah. So right now I take care of the O Baby Gallery and that includes uh, jellyfish, uh, other invertebrates. I have some sharks uh, as well as some saltwater fish. Um, and then I get to take care of our baby gator that we have on display mm -hmm. um, as well as seahorses. So I have a wide range of saltwater animals that I care for. And then my favorite part is working with the teeth beneath. Yeah. I'll bet. And the gator. training sessions with those guys. Yes. It That's, is incredible. Yeah. Do you For, ever get like freaked out? Like a little scared? Yeah. At the beginning, yeah. Uh, we didn't really know how they would act. Um, Rose, who is our American alligator, she's born in captivity. She's very friendly, very curious. Um, so it did scare me a little bit that she would kind of come up and approach us. Mm -hmm. um, but now I look at her kind of as a, as a dog, as a pet. You it's know, just I, Rose. Yeah, it's just Rose. Yeah. I call her name. I talk to her. Uh, the Cayman are a little more um, 
skeptical of us. So <laughs> they definitely like to flight. They don't, don't want to be near us. They don't trust you so much. Yes. yes. They're skittish, yeah. yes. So, uh, and I, I should say for our audiences that even though we train these animals and they have enough sophisticated behavior that they can learn from us, uh, they, they really aren't, you know, your dog per se. You don't, you're not going to pet them and you're not going to go and touch them. We're going to handle them for care, but we are we have specially trained people. No, they will still eat you. <laughs> they're not trying to. No, no but, but they will eat you. They're wild animals. I have to say that in case anyone listening gets any funny <laughs> no, ideas. Don't go, don't go like, yeah. Don't, don't go up to them thinking, hey, you're over, come here. Hey, Rover. <laughs> <laughs> we, we, we like to give people the benefit of the doubt, but we got to say it. <laughs> so, uh, so before we get into the, the neat adventure you had, tell us a little bit about the, the way you work with um, these crocodilians and training them. Um, why and how do you train one well, of these Why animals? would you train an alligator? Yeah. So there's a couple of reasons we would train any animal, yeah. and it's basically to regulate how much food they're getting. Mm-hmm. Um, we know if we target a specific animal, we know what they're eating, we know their behavior, so that way we can see anything that's wrong with them medically. Yeah. Um, when an animal stops eating, that's kind of the first sign of something wrong going wrong. Them, yeah, yep. yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, we also do it to create less stress on them and less stress on us. If we are able to train these animals to come up to a target, we can do a closer observation. We can look at their feet. We can look at their mouth. Um, This allows us to not only get that close-up look, but it prevents us from having to pull these animals and causing them more stress. So they build up lactic acid, and that can actually cause them a lot of stress um, and can have negative effects on their body. So we want to make sure that these animals are getting the health care that they need. Um, So... Uh, overall, it's just a, a medical way for us to see how these animals are doing and to make sure that they're getting the care that they need. Yeah. I remember seeing, you know, a show on TV where there were two guys that would go out and capture nuisance gators. Uh-huh. I'm not going to say the name of the show, <laughs> but I remember them. They would always try and, and tire the animal out first before they would jump on it. They were always talking about how quickly the gators would build up their lactic acid and, yes. and, and wear out. So it's this, that's not what you really want to do to the animals. No, I mean, that's just causing them stress. If we can avoid that, yeah. um, then that's it's better for us overall. And that's the same with us. We build up lactic acid in our muscles. When yeah, sometimes we do it on our, purpose. Yeah, to build muscles. To get fit. Yeah, yeah. I was at the gym this morning building up some nice. lactic acid. Good for you, Hale. Yeah, good for me. I should be trained. <laughs> no, I'm <just> kidding. Um, <laughs> Untrainable. <laughs> untrainable. And and so the, the project you just worked on for a bit um, had animals that were actually wild, a whole different ball game. Yes. And uh, so where did you go and what animal did you work with? I actually got the opportunity to go to Santa Fe, Argentina, um, and we worked with the broad-snouted caiman. The other end of the world. The other, sort of. (laughs) Well, Argentina's down on the tip, you know, bottom bottom of South America. Yeah, okay. So, like, does it, is it surprising that, like, a crocodilian lives that far south? Is it, is it chilly down there? (laughs) So, these guys are actually found in eastern and central South America, um, where it's marshy and the weather's just like Florida. It's hot and humid. Yeah. Um, so these guys are fine. Um, they're not necessarily found further south than that. It's not like Patagonia. Correct. Mm, Okay. That's cold. Yeah. Yeah. So how did you hear about this? Like, did you wake up one day and go, I'm going to go to Argentina? I, 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 <laughs> I think I heard that they have caimans there. 
Um, actually, I went to uh, what we call Croc School. It's the AZA um, Crocodilian Biology and Captive Management course. Uh, yes. So I went to that in 2018, uh, and I actually met Lucia Fernandez, who uh, actually is from Argentina and works on this project. Um, and so we chit-chatted about actually me coming down there and just visiting and seeing what she does for work. Um, and then actually my senior, my supervisor, sent me this link for a grant. Um, this grant is FAZA, or Florida AZA, Aquarium Zoo yeah. Uh, Association. Yeah. So um, it was a super easy grant that I applied for as far as I've never applied for a grant in my life. And so, yes, it was a new experience and it was super easy and I got the grant. Yeah. Nice. Awesome. And so the grant, you got to propose like that you would go down there, that you would essentially volunteer with this project. Mm -hmm. Can you help me pronounce the name of the project? <laughs> uh, Proyecto Yacare. So are you fluent in Spanish? No. Oh. <laughs> Whole adventure there. So what? tell us about the word yacare. What does that refer to? Uh, that is another type of caiman. Cool. Um, so the yacare and the broad-snouted caiman are actually found in Argentina and other parts of Central and uh, South America. Cool. So uh, so they, this project exists for what's its main purpose or purposes? <laughs> uh, a lot of it is to protect the wildlife. Protect yeah. So conservation. Conservation. Yeah. Yes. yeah, absolutely. And they do they do research related to that, right? And yes. Yeah. So it started in the nineties. Um, basically, in nineteen forties, these uh, these came and were hunted very heavily because they have very smooth skin. Ooh. Um, Make so, nice wallets. Yes. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, so then it was made illegal, but now their declines were happening because of deforestation uh, and uh, pollution runoff. Mm. So they, uh, the government kind of proposed this project. Uh, it works with local people, and they basically go to these different nest sites. The local people are um, involved. Uh, they kind of track the nest sites. They find the eggs, um, and the researchers go up, and they go to where these nest sites are, and they excavate the eggs. Yeah. And the local people actually get paid per egg, which is awesome. Oh, really? Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. And who knows better than them? Like, they work or live on that land. They know if there's a caiman nest yeah, there. Yeah, exactly. And so what do they do with the eggs? Yeah. Uh, they take them back to the lab, uh, yeah. which is about three hours south of where the, the nests are found, mm -hmm. um, and they incubate them. Uh, what's really cool is I, I thought that's what the project was, um, which is what the base of it is. Yeah. Um, but they actually have a lot of undergraduate and graduate students that are doing a ton of experiments. Oh, really? Um, on the eggs, on the, the juveniles. Um, it's really incredible. So I actually was um, helping out with a lot of student projects that were going on. Yeah, you had different research things you were helping with, and I, I think I heard you were helping with, like, incubation and getting the little guys ready for, for release because they release mm -hmm. a portion of them back well, into the wild. Yeah, and the incubation part, like, yeah. with sea turtles, I know, um, the sex is determined by the heat Correct. or the temperature. Mm -hmm. Same thing with the caiman? Yes. So what do they do? Do they take, like, 50% and make them female and 50% male? or? Uh, well, as far as the actual um, project goes, I'm not positive with 
if they regulate males and females. Uh, I know that the room that they keep them in is 100% humidity. Um, Temperature-wise, I don't know if they change it halfway through. Um, But as far as student projects go, they will manipulate the temperature. They will manipulate the humidity, um, different things to relate back to different research projects. Yeah, they want to learn what those life history parameters are, I'm sure, because you need to know that for conservation. Um, So, like... So tell us, give us maybe some stories about doing this stuff. Like physically, what did you have to do? Was it fun? Was it, was it, was it a long trip down there? Like how long (laughs) was the plane flight? Yes, it was very long. Um, From Miami to Buenos Aires was about a nine hour flight. Wow. And then I had to jump from Buenos Aires onto a shuttle to another airport that was about an hour away. And then from that airport, another flight to the small town. And then you got there. And and then I got there. I can't. (laughs) Uh, function yes. right now. <laughs> uh, so long flight, but it yeah. was an incredible experience. Um, the best part was probably the field work. Mm-hmm. I am not one that works in the field as my job is here uh, mm-hmm. working with aquariums and, and, you know, animals that are on display. Yeah. Yeah. So the field work was incredible. We got up at the crack of dawn and we worked all until that next day. Put your boots on and get yep. out there. Yep. Yeah. Um, was this like a big like open field or a marsh or like what kind of areas were you visiting? Uh, yeah, it was very, I, I want to go back to Florida. It's very open, um, marshy. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'd have areas we'd go through. There was a lot of water. Um, basically where they do their research really depends on how much water they're getting. Mm-hmm. Even that week, um, we went, we were planning on going one week and there was so much water that it was flooded out. So we had to wait till the next week to actually go up there. I remember parts of this, you were riding a horse. <laughs> yes. Yes. Um, I have not ridden a horse in a long time. Um, so that was a really cool experience. Really, um, really brought me back with the gauchos (laughs) with the gauchos yeah yeah and uh the best part was riding off into sunset on my Mm, horse nice (laughs) yes it's like an old west movie yeah except it's like in a marsh that looks like florida yeah (laughs) so it's like an old florida movie old florida (laughs) i uh wanted to bathe myself in a mosquito repellent yes Uh (laughs) everybody wanted to have a mosquito netting that sounds familiar yeah so you went you you went all this way to visit a place that is essentially like your home like florida (laughs) yes oh cool is the time zone the same uh, no, uh, two hours ahead from okay. Florida. Oh, okay. Okay. okay, so it's actually a little bit further, further east. east. Yeah. yeah, yeah, cool. So, uh, all right. So, and then you guys were going to these nest sites. I think I remember you saying something about like uh, helping with like cameras that were monitoring them. Mm-hmm. That so, kind of stuff. Yep, yeah. another student project. We actually. Uh, my group went up to each nest site to change out batteries and cameras because they were monitoring the female's behavior. Mm. Um, American alligators are known to um, really be protective of their nest and yes. their mound. Um, whereas, Very protective. Yeah, yeah. whereas these broad caiman, they don't the, seem they to don't be care. that protective. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And yeah. so it you was. Want some? Take some. Right. <laughs> it was just a matter <laughs> of, um, you know. The predators that are around, yes. were they protective of the predators coming around? Yeah. You know, this is another project that was going on. So it was really cool. So, so those are so things c- we're still learning, some of the basic, I guess, facts about them. Mm-hmm. This, there's still some things that are just essential mysteries about how they live. Yes. So so a typical day for Veronica down there is Veronica wakes up at what time? Seven. Seven. Yeah. Not bad. Gets up, has something to eat, mm-hmm. has some, uh, what's the name of the tea? <laughs> Mate. Mate. <laughs> 
Has, so that takes a couple hours. Yeah, a couple hours to have mate. The it's mate a, is a it's very, a traditional. She was telling us it's very like like strong green tea kind of, and uh, sounds sounds good but different. Yes, but very ceremonial. Yes. Um, and then so after a couple hours of drinking mate, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, you go outside and get on a horse. Well, that was just the one day field trip. Oh, okay. yeah. But generally, I would actually would go into the lab, um, drink some mate, of course. But uh, I would help with the student projects. So um, one project was um, putting soybean extract on the eggs to see if when they hatch, they have a preference for soybean versus meat. Um, this has been studied in other reptiles. Really? Yes. So that's to see if you can set them up for the sort of like legal farming that gets Turn them into vegetarian. <laughs> Is that what it's for? <laughs> yeah. It's, Ve- I vegetarian been- carnivores. Wow. Well, proteins and, you know. Protein yeah. protein, yeah. Yeah. So yeah. Is, is that to make, like, the farming effort more sustainable? Is that why they do that? Um, no, not necessarily. It was just because that student had found a paper based on another reptile that had had this preference. Hmm. That's wild. Yes. So um, <laughs> they right, so, really. So then you, you go in, you put some soybean oil on eggs, yeah. and then what do you do next? And then we had a little siesta. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Huh? Um, and then, yeah, that was pretty much it. Yeah? Okay, <laughs> nice. Someday you might find out what they learn when their project is complete. Yes, yes. And uh, I remember you talking about having to, to I guess, uh, wash the little feeding areas where you put the little little young uh, caimans mm-hmm. where mm-hmm. they would go and eat, I think you said chicken and vitamins. And yep, yep. <laughs> it was like a ground-up chicken. Yeah, yep, yummy. Yep. So we would just splash it in their little crates that they had um, mm-hmm. that were just a temporary hold before yeah. we release them into the wild. Um, throw some meat in there with some crock vitamins on there and um, give them a couple hours to eat and then we'd basically take each one and hold it underwater and rinse it off and put it in a new clean container give them a little Um, bath (laughs) yeah and that's where i received my first caiman scar so that's probably a a a typical badge uh, of honor yeah exactly (laughs) i'm official official we don't we don't seek to be bitten but we once in a while we get it so is that your favorite project then um, as far as like the soybean or the soybean one, um, yeah, it was well, it was the one that I helped out the most with. Okay, um, but they are really doing so many projects; it's it's crazy, um, mind boggling. Yeah, you may say. Yes. and they've they've helped uh, the broad snouted caimans kind of um, improve their conservation status over time. It sounded like, and that's you yes. know that's a really cool. And you said they're kind of a. They kind of serve as a model for others who want to conserve caimans, right? Correct. And all crocodilian species, they're all threatened in some way because of habitat destruction. Except Mm -hmm. for Um, the American alligator. Yes. It has also made great improvements. Yeah. Once again, started with the farming. farming. Yeah. 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 If it wasn't for the farming, yeah. So yeah. it's it's involving um, it's involving the economy and involving locals to make conservation work with that, which is really cool. Um, so just for people who have never heard of, some people might not have heard of a caiman or no less a broad snouted caiman. What does it look like compared with a, an alligator or a crocodile? What's so the shape of the snout? It is very short and stubby. Stubby um, face. Yes, they're one of my favorite looking. Uh, crocodilian uh-huh. because of that face it, it kind of looks derpy, derpy. <laughs> <laughs> so um, they, did, they chose not to name it the derpy caiman yes, the derpy caiman? <laughs> yes. Yeah. um but they actually for a caiman they actually get bigger than uh our girls our girls are spectacled caiman yeah um they reach maybe four to five feet but the broad snouted caiman 
reaches six to eight feet. Oh, really? Um, like, yes. Wow. Like a little bigger. Yep. Ooh. Yeah, that's pretty good. Yeah, yep. they could chomp you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and they all could, which you got to be careful. Mm-hmm. That's part of, I, I guess, what you would go to something like like this AZA Croc school training program for is to learn behaviors. Not to be chomped. Learn handling. <laughs> and, yeah. Yes, handling. And even just the difference between a caiman and a crocodile and an alligator, they all have different characteristics. Um, you know, seeing... We obviously see a lot of alligators here, but if you were to see a crocodile, would you be able to tell the difference? Yeah, uh, I would. Yeah, I would, but are, I would have differences. To s- well, the alligator has a r- broader, rounder snout, and the uh-huh. teeth are typically hidden within the jaw. The lower teeth. Are the lower teeth hidden. are hidden. Yeah. And with the cro- at least our salties here, um, it's a much more triangular shaped um, snout, thinner snout, mm-hmm. and you can definitely see the teeth. The top and bottom. How do you do? Yeah. Good? Yeah. Yeah. Perfect. Good job. (laughs) Now, a caiman and an alligator, I would have a little harder time. I think that with our, if I remember right, with our common or spectacled caiman that we have here that is not native to Florida, I think they have like a ridge, which is where this, on their face, which is where the spectacle comes from. Yep. Yep. Are there other, can you remind us, are there other ways that we in Florida would tell a caiman from an alligator? The big thing is size. Okay. Yep. So a lot of caiman are smaller. Um, mm-hmm. If you were to see an alligator, you would definitely, in comparison, you would definitely see that snout difference. Yeah. Um, it's more of that V shape. Um, caiman, right? Yeah. yeah. Okay. So I like to think of a caiman kind of in between a crocodile and an alligator. Interesting. Um, they have characteristics of both. Caiman are known to be a little more aggressive, where mm-hmm. alligator is a little more docile, um, but they're smaller. Are the, ca- the caiman are here in Florida too, right? Yes, but they're invasive. Okay, right. so if I see one, am I supposed to... Run away. No. Run <laughs> away? <laughs> um, no, I mean, the reason they're invasive, uh, obviously they're not from here, Yeah. but they're causing issues with American alligators. They actually, even though Mama Gator is super aggressive on her, on her mound, the caiman are actually way more aggressive, and they'll kick the mom off her nest and wow. then eat all those eat eggs. the babies, yeah, or yep. the eggs, yeah. Hmm. So luckily, you know, our American alligator population is in good numbers. Yes. But it still is affecting the habitat down there. So is it legal to hunt caiman here then? I actually don't know. I think so. I think you I'm have to get have a to permit. Check. You have to look that one up, I'm Joe. Have to yes. check. Maybe I'm going caiman hunting. And this the weekend. other, I, I recall the other thing you can do is report uh, non-natives to this service called I've Got One. It's like I've Got One.org, and it. It's a program that I think is a branch of what's based in Georgia, and it's just an invasive species monitoring effort, right? Yeah. Something like that, yeah. Cooper, pack the guns. We're going hunting Cayman. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Just a funny image I got in my head right now. <laughs> well, that's not the only funny image. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, before we wrap up today, I was just going to, you know, if there's anything about the group of crocodilians, the alligators, the caimans, the crocodiles that you want people to know that you don't think enough people are aware of, is there anything that you want people to sort of take away? Uh a lot of it is how intelligent they are. Mm. They've been around for millions of years. There's yeah. a reason. They haven't changed a lot in their adaptations. You know, they they are incredible creatures. Um, so one thing I would say for us to take away is just the respect of these animals. Just like we want to preach about our sharks 
here, mm-hmm. you know, oh, yeah. moat is very big into sharks and the research, and it's having a respect for these animals, knowing that they are top predators, but they pay, they play such an an essential role in wetlands here. Mm-hmm. So you know, the sharks do it in the ocean, the alligators and the crocodilians do it in our wetlands yeah. and marshes. So yeah, the importance of predators cuts across many ecosystems. It's they help regulate the ecosystem. And, and your favorite thing about Argentina? Ooh. Oh, that's a good. Oh, <laughs> I don't know if I can pick one. Okay, well, give me a couple. Uh, the mate. I, I love the the tradition of the mate. That was super yeah. awesome. Um, another thing was just how friendly everyone was. The people. Yes, yeah. um, because I worked with a lot of scientists and students. Uh, they read all of their papers in English, mm-hmm. so they were very eager to speak to me in English, oh, and so nice. I learned no more Spanish. Than <laughs> <now>. <laughs> you trained them. Well, yeah. in case they, they listen to this podcast, anybody you want to give a shout-out to down there? Uh, Lucia, uh, my contact down there, Fernandez, she is amazing and really, really just brought me into her home and made me feel uh, very welcome. That's awesome. Yeah. And you worked with a gentleman named uh, Hernan? Or Hernan, Hernan, yep. Hernan? Yeah. Hernan, yep. He is a researcher down there and uh, worked with him a lot. And once again, super cool, cool dude. Um, just these experiences that I had, I obviously were once in a lifetime. You know, You'll remember forever. I'll remember forever. <laughs> yeah, gotta love that. International knowledge exchange and making friends. Yeah, that's what we do south. here at Moat. We make friends and... And learn stuff. And learn stuff. Does that wrap it up, Joe? (laughs) That that wraps it up, Hales. All right. Well, this has been awesome. Thanks again, Veronica. Yeah, thank you guys. It was super awesome. Good. All right. Well, we'll see you guys in two weeks for another episode of 2C Fans at Moat.